Welcome to the Mr. 314 Podcast Network, where our show today is brought to you by Woodard Contracting. Woodard Contracting specializes in plumbing and mechanical. For more information, please visit WoodardContractingLLC.com. Again, Woodard Contracting, specializing in plumbing and mechanical at WoodardContractingLLC.com. Today on the show, uh, Terrell's going to be on the show with me. We're going to have instant analysis of Game 3 of the Heat um, Celtics series. And then we're going to talk about uh, the playoffs up to this point, give our predictions for the conference finals, um, talk about should there really be a debate between Giannis and uh, LeBron when it comes to the MVP. And we're going to have a thorough breakdown of the Clippers choke job in the second round against the Nuggets and much more. Again, this is part one of our conversation. So we got a two-part conversation. This is part one. So let's get to our discussion where we start off with our instant analysis of game three of the Celtics Heat series. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, appreciate you, you know, appreciate having you on. We just watched uh, the Celtics' uh, big 117-106 victory over the Heat to cut uh, the series deficit down to two games to one um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, what are your immediate reactions after watching game three? Man, Celtics, you talk about do or die. Because if they lost this game, then on Wednesday, I really mm-hmm. believe that they were going to die. Um, after the first two games, my original prediction was going to be a sweep. But they showed me a little something tonight. Mark is smart. Um, I know we got a topic later on about who we look at differently, but he showed some real leadership, especially icing the game with those free throws. Yeah, he was 10 for 10. 10 for 10 from the line. Big free throws down the line. Maybe he shouldn't have took that shot with 15 seconds, 15 seconds left on the clock. But – he hit the free throws. Everything worked out. I think, like you said, it was a big statement game from the Celtics. They really did play well in the first two games, you know, except for down the stretch. So it's not like they've been dominated in this series. They played well early, and then the Heat in the end, you know, pulled the first two games out. So I think that the Celtics are, are still in the series. Um, but – I was, you know, I think Tatum had a great game. Yeah, with 25 points, 14 rebounds. Jalen Brown, he, he put in 26 and seven rebounds and also five assists. Tatum had eight assists as well, too. So, and then getting Gordon Hayward back, getting 30 minutes from him. So, then you get 30 minutes from Hayward, who wasn't great, but, I mean, he's still Gordon Hayward. So, then Wanamaker only plays nine minutes. Grant Williams only plays nine minutes. You don't see uh, Timmy Ogilvy at all. So I think that was big for them, too, getting Gordon Hayward back. As much as people like to dog him out, having him on the court is better than when he's not on the court. Absolutely. He provides a little more depth, and now they can match up a little bit better with Miami, you know, regardless of who comes into the game. What do you think? So we looked at the game tonight. I thought that finally after, you know, this game three, the Celtics finally, I think, figured out the two-three zone from the Heat. It took them a little while. I think they have that figured out. What, where do you see this series going? What is your, what's your prediction now? You said after game two, you thought the Heat were going to sweep. 
So what's your prediction now after watching game three? Boston showed out and played as great as they could play tonight. Hayward was a big piece coming back. Uh, Kimba stepped up. He's been kind of MIA for a minute. But I'm still going to Heat in six, man. I don't see him in five because Boston will have a little fight in him. But I think Miami's going to come out and uh, mop the floor with him on uh, Wednesday. Because one thing I'm still seeing even tonight, man, Boston still makes immature mistakes at crucial points of the game. What was Brown thinking? You know, Duncan Robinson already got out the way of your first elbow and you come back down with him. You know, and, if, and now here's the thing. It's just the way momentum flows in the game. You know, if he – now right. he missed the first right. of the flagrant fouls, foul shot. If he makes both of them, now it's a two-possession game and you got four three-point shooters out there on that floor from Miami. Anything can happen. So, you know, it's I, just, I, I still see – too many rookie mistakes being made, and Boston's the team that has habitually been there for the last, last really since Tatum right. came in the league last right. three years. Yeah, so I mean, what, what I mean, and I blame Brad Stevens for that. Where is the coaching them up or having them ready to go for pressure situations in practice? I mean, they just still make really silly now, mistakes from what heat I'm seeing. Roster, I mean, a Butler has some playoff experience. Drogic has some, you know what I mean? Like, they're, they're just veteran. Iguodala, of course, he doesn't play that many minutes, but, of course, he's a champion. But the Heat young players seem like they're making better plays. Hero, who would have thought he'd be this good this early? He's making plays. Duncan Robinson, it seems like their young players are a little bit more, um, have more poise than the Celtics young players, even though these are the, most of these guys just went to seven games with LeBron. In 2018, so like you said, I think it's going to be interesting. I think I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I think all these games are going to come down to that. I think it's going seven. I don't know which way I want to pick. I think it's going seven. And kind of transitioning over, I know the Nuggets uh, got their brains beat in last night by the Lakers. I know it didn't look good. I think that series is going seven as well. I just think it's going seven. I I, I can't I. I, I want to count out the Nuggets. I've counted them out so many times. It's just something about that team. I don't I don't care if they lose by 30. I don't care if they down, whatever in the series. I think that series is going seven. Okay, let me let me go oh, back to the, the, the uh, heat to the east for a minute. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um so my, my train of thought is that's a shout out as far as like uh what you were mentioning, the young players making better plays. You know, in the era since they have gone the free agency era in the NBA, which is basically nearly two decades now, um, form systems have unfortunately kind of gone away. So there's still three original hardcore form systems that are left in the league where if you can play, you will make it, you will learn, and you will be an asset to your organization there or even if you go somewhere else. That's San Antonio. Most recently, that's Golden State with the way that mm-hmm. they built their team around the Splash Brothers, and Miami has always Miami has always had Pat Riley has always had a tough, hard nosed form system. He finds right. players out of nowhere and turns them into household yeah. names. You know, um, look at Udonis Haslam. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, an overweight guy coming out of Florida. You know, he put the work in. And they're going to retire his jersey. You know, not, he never was a superstar. He definitely won't be a Hall of Famer. 
but the man's been around the league right. for the last 15 years. So yeah, that's just what Miami does, you know. So I put them up there. Those are probably the top three form systems, and I'm not surprised that their young players are playing as mature as they are and how ready for the what moment they are. What do you think Duncan are. Robinson is going to get when he, when after he gets to market? What do you think he's going to get? I mean, and again, it's just a couple of years yeah. away, but a player with his skill set, he does grow defensively because he's not small. You know what I mean? So say he, say he becomes an average defender and he's already a top five, three, top five shooter in the league right now. We'll say that. What do you think he would go for on the open market right now? Man, it's hard to say. I don't really, I can't really put a number to him right now. Um, and here's the thing, you know, he is just young mm-hmm. defensively. You know, he takes a lot of guesses. He's long enough and he's right. big enough. You're not going to run him over, but he's not afraid to get up in you either. So, He's not that far from being, you know, yeah. how Hayward pre-injury mm-hmm. was a really good defender, you know, to go along with his offensive skill set. So I don't see him being a a Hayward because he doesn't have the the politics or the hoopla behind him. So he's not going to get mm-hmm. that major contract like Hayward got. But he's going to be a Gordon Hayward yeah, type ball I player, think, I think. And if he continues to shoot the way he's shooting and he grows defensively, and I, I think, and I mean, I mean, actually. I mean, he, he can attack off the dribble some, too. You know what I mean? He's His game, you know, you can see him developing an all-around game. He's not just like a spot-up shooter. You can see him developing his game. So, um, I mean, I think if he keeps on his trajectory, whew, this guy's going to be the limit for him. Also, real quick for tonight's game, Drogic. Drogic had a he – was, he was horrible in 28 minutes. He was a minus 29. You know, he was a 2 for 10 from the floor. Got a little bloodied out there. So it was, it, was, it was a rough one for him, but, I mean, he's been good for them during the playoffs, so I expect him to bounce back. Dragic would definitely be a bounce back. That's just what they do, you know, where he's from, you know. Um, and he's already a champion, too, over in the European he, League, so well, yeah, you know, he'll be you all know, right. Him and Luca, you know, him <laughs> and Luca won you know, for, for you know. a couple years ago, so, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I know you had to throw Luca in there somewhere, but, you know. or later. Um, right. His dis- his disappearance and being banged up, that's how Kimba was able to get off tonight because if Kimba had to play a little defense, he might not hit a couple jumpers okay, late. So I, I'm looking – I look at the, the Celtics, you know, I look, I look at their stats for the game, and I look at field goal, you know, you know, field goals attempted. So Tatum led it with 20. Jalen had 17 and Kimba had 16. It seems like Jalen's been taking a lot of shots, you know, uh, during this playoff run. Do you think that the Celtics can win a championship with Jalen Brown taking the second most shots on their team? I think they can, as long as he takes good shots, as long as he doesn't rush nothing, and as long as they're falling. And I really, I think his shot selection and just his decision making is why Smart, you know, really kind of you mm-hmm. know got after him the other night, as a true leader does. Now it shouldn't have took. You know, Smart's a great player, but he's not the most talented or the most uh, emphatic on that team. It shouldn't have took somebody just like that right. just to get in his face. You know, that should have been coming from the top. But, uh, you know, and you got to remember, Brown has made a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. this final, this uh, playoffs, too. I mean, the the, uh, the OG yeah. shot from Toronto. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. That was right. his blown assignment. 
<laughs> once he saw that Tatum had switched off. Well, it was kind of a miscommunication between the two. So, like I said, again, I think they can win with him taking the second most shots, but he has to know when to cut it off and he when no know when to stop shooting. He and I think, and I think you know, he did that for 17. He was only one for two from three. I think he gets in trouble sometimes when he's taking too many threes. I think that's where he where he gets in trouble. But I mean, I like Jalen Brown. I know when he got that contract, you know, he got the the uh, he didn't get the max, but he got you know a nice. I don't think he got the max, but he got a nice contract. A lot of people were questioning it. I like Jalen Brown, and I I think he has room to grow as well too. So I mean, I think he's going to be. I don't know if he could be a number one on the championship team. He could be a he. I know he could be a three on a championship team. I don't know if he could be a number two on a championship. And now I'm not talking about shot and test, but I'm talking about just like if you are building a team, like could Jalen Brown be the two? Be the two on your team? Because if we're gonna talk, you know what? Maybe we'll say that for later. Because I got a couple of guys I want to ask you that about. We will talk about that later. I'm not gonna bring that up. Later. You're good. You're good. You're good. Well, go if ahead, I could ahead. just chime in on that for a second. Um, if they're gonna win this year, Kimber Walker has to be your number two. I agree. I agree. Hundred percent. I mean, one hundred percent. That's why they brought him. That's in. just the way I feel. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, we paid this money. We brought you in. You know, Tatum's our number one. You got to be our number two. Brown, get in where you fit in. That's part of why they paid him, and that's part of what makes Brown so unique because he can get his mm-hmm. without having to be tailored to. You know, and ha- not without having a point guard have to dish it up. Exactly. For him. Ain't got to call a play for this dude. But still, we're not calling the play for you. Exactly. Don't lay a bunch of eggs. <laughs> exactly. No, I, agree. I agree with you on that. Um, any more thoughts on this on the um, Eastern Conference? Line? You said Miami says I'm saying Miami it's going seven. Ah, uh, who you picking though? I'm telling you the truth. I just don't want to see a Celtics Lakers. I don't. They're gonna talk about the history so much. I don't. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I don't. I think the Celtics. I think the Celtics are like their their top. The top end of the Celtics roster is better, but I feel like the Heat. They're going to make the plays that they need to make at the end of games, like we saw in games one and two. So I think the Heat will win the series, and I think that in a few years the Celtics are going to look back on it. And we like we missed an opportunity because I really feel like their team, especially at the top, is better. But the Heat seem to make plays in crunch time that the Celtics don't make. I mean, look, they almost they almost blew a twenty point lead. I mean, <laughs> talent. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Talent, talent across the board. I don't know who's tougher, the Clippers so, yeah. or. Boston, just as far as roster talent, yeah. I almost got to go. Top end is, I mean, look how many wings! Look how many I wings! Think top you, got Jaylen, you got Tatum, you got Smart, you got Hayward. I mean, that's you Hayward's four, your fourth option. I'm not going to say elite because I don't. Marcus Smart, maybe not. He's not considered elite, but I would want him on my roster. You know what I mean? But you got four. Yeah, no, you got. Four, he's your Draymond. Wings. Well, at the top, I mean, who can say that? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I take it back. You know, not don't worry about the Clippers. No, Boston is probably the best. They got the most yeah. on paper talent. 
They just exactly. make very exactly. That's what I think, and that's why game. I think I'll pick the Heat in seven, and I think the Celtics, especially if they don't get a title in, in the next couple of years, they're gonna look back on this as like an opportunity that really slipped away. Um, but I'll, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Heat in seven, but I think it's going seven. Um, let me see. So let's go. So to the Western Conference, what are your? You said what are you? Oh boy. So I just said, oh, what are boy. your let's okay, let's go back to this. Before game one, let's go back to your initial thoughts on this series after you know, before game one with Nuggets and Lakers. What were you looking for going into into game one? What, what were you looking for as keys for both teams? Uh keys for both teams. Well, let me start by saying going into game one, it's it went exactly how I thought it would go. Um, and part of that is because the young boys ran their mouth on social media <laughs> saying how they had to worry about them. And, all, you know, everybody picked the Lakers and you feel disrespected. You know how right. it is when you're the new guy on the block, when you're the new guy on the job, right. you're going to get disrespected. All right. Especially when you're going up against who everyone in social media and in sports world today have labeled right. the king. All right. You're going up against two first team all NBA selections and a very good supporting cast including uh two or rather three champions if jr even gets in the game so you know you're going up against a lot so the keys that i was looking for um is would the lakers pound them in the middle yeah and they did they went big they challenged their bigs because let's just face it their bigs over on denver as talented as they are, they're a little soft on the inside. And so, all right, are they going to control pace and are they going to pound them in the middle? And they did. Dwight Howard and AD went to work. That's what I saw. Um, from the Denver side, it was really just a matter of how are they going to protect the paint? And they did not because Denver doesn't play defense right. until their backs are against the wall. So we won't see the real Denver Too until well. they're down – <laughs> if they get, if they get if they get one tomorrow night, I wouldn't be surprised. But I am expecting the Lakers to go up 2-0 and everybody start talking sweet. Sweet. Then you're going to see Jamal Murray and then. That's go why I can't count them out. Like, I just have, like you. I, I feel the same way you feel. I'm like these dudes gonna get they gonna get their heads beat in one more time, and then everybody's gonna be oh, see, we, we'd rather see the Clippers and the Lakers. The Nuggets ain't nothing. Then Jamal gonna come out get fifty. Jokic gonna get twenty assists, and it's gonna flip again. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's just human nature, man. I mean, you know, I have no problem going on record saying that the Laker fan base, hey, as as uh, as uh, traditional and how much heritage they have. They can be a very delusional fan base right. at times, thinking that they could never lose. Case in point, they really thought they were going to dog walk the 2011 Dallas oh, Mavericks, and we see what awesome. happened there. Yeah. So that was awesome. Figured, figured yeah, I'd give you a shout out, you know. And then LeBron fans might be the most delusional no fan base I've ever seen since since the Dallas Cowboy fan Ooh, base. Which that's, is that's a tough delusional. one, there, man. So. <laughs> I'm just saying, let me throw that on out there, you know. I mean, they act like he can do no wrong. And no disrespect, like I say, to anybody that likes LeBron. Hey, I like right. LeBron. I love, love his game. 
this year, you know, you can't just say, okay, he's going to run the league and then do this each year and every year. Man, competition is stiff, though. It is stiff. And these and here's the thing: these cats have gone away from the big lights. They in the gym. They're leaving a hotel every day to meet up each other in a gym, a ballroom, and go at it. So now you're gonna see who's a dog. I and who's a pup. I told I told you all before the playoffs started, before the whole bubble started. I was like, watch it. It's gonna be some weird stuff. Some weird stuff is going to happen. When I said that, of course, I was hoping. Is that do you hear echo? Okay. No, not really. I'm good. When I said that, I oh, I'm hearing the echo on my head. That's making me nervous. Okay, it's better now. Hey, I skip on the echo. Hold on one second. Hold on. It's cool. I don't hear a thing. Okay. All right. So, uh, when I said that, when I said I was like, hey, I told you before the bubble started, it was going to be some upsets, some unusual things were going to happen. Now, when I said that, of course, I was hoping it was going to be the Mavericks. But when you see, you know, what the Nuggets have done, you see the run, the heat, you know, the heat have had. And, I, you know, I think that this is a great year for, like, a team like the Heat, who have young players who, instead of having, like, their first playoff in these crazy arenas, it's in a controlled environment. And we've seen that with the Nuggets. I think that, I mean, I know they probably wish they were at home with the altitude and all of that, but being in the bubble, kind of being away from a lot of nonsense, except online, of course, I think it's helping a lot of teams. I think it's, for certain teams and certain players, it's really beneficial. I think the Heat have benefited the most because they got that, you know, Pat Riley starts at the top, and it's just a certain mindset that they have, Jimmy Butler being the best player on the team, you know, it, you know, leads that. They just in a certain mindset when they're on the business trip. And I think they've been set up in the I think it's been a perfect setup for them. So I think that this is a great year when you look at the Heat, when you look at you look at the Nuggets, teams that before the playoffs started, maybe you wouldn't have had them in the finals. I think they have a legit chance just because of the environment. You know what I mean? And if Braun wins his fourth title, I don't think he should have an asterisk. I know some people will put one there because it's in the bubble. He didn't have to play the Clippers. You know, so there's a lot of reasons why. But I think the champion is going to be legit. I, I feel after watching the playoffs up until now, I think it's going to be legit even though we've seen surprises. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, there's no reason for it not to be legit. You know, when LeBron gets his fourth, you know, he earned it, man. I mean, he really did. Um, there's, and there's a lot, there's still a lot of pieces yeah. standing in the way. I mean, is that Laker defense going to stay consistent enough for the balance that either one of these Eastern teams bring, you know, you, you don't know who to, you don't know who to guard on either team or who's going to get off that night. So it's going to be a, you know, whoever takes this championship is going to be a uh, all in effort. It's going to be a team effort. And that's just that. So I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but since we're talking about LeBron, with the MVP, you know, the MVP uh, voting, Giannis won his, you know, second straight MVP, had a great regular season. When you look at all statistical comparisons, where there's the simple numbers, like points per game, rebounds per game, then you get into the, you know, the more advanced numbers, like offensive rating, defensive rating, true shooting percentage. 
everything favored Giannis except for, you know, assists and three-point shooting. Everything else favored Giannis plus his team had a better record. Why do we see, but why does LeBron come out? He's not happy about this. He only got 16 first-place votes. Why are the Lakers fans upset about this MVP and in the middle of going for a title? I don't understand where the argument comes from. I don't either. The MVP. Well, that's just people who are, are in their feelings. That's what it seems like. With all due respect, like I say, LeBron had a great season to do what he's doing. Because LeBron's just a couple. He's a few yeah. months younger than you and I. So yeah. he'll be thirty six in December. Yeah, we're already thirty six. But to do what he's doing is phenomenal. However, LeBron, there's a few things that take away from what you did. All right, have another. First team All NBA player, even in his conference, let alone on his team. Right, <laughs> right. That's number one. Earlier this year, people were talking about how much AD looked like an MVP candidate. That's yep. going to take away from it. All right. Not only did Jonas beat him across the board mm-hmm. statistically, except for those two categories you mentioned. When you think about what Milwaukee did. Up until the point where he got hurt, he's had a better season. It's a regular season award. If you want to show out, you win a championship and then become in finals MVP, which, of course, means more, in my opinion, looking at the ultimate big picture. But as far as him, you know, whining about it in the news, I did feel like he was whining a bit. It uses motivation. Now, the one part, again, that separates him from the GOAT. We all know who that is. We don't have to name him. <laughs> That goat wasn't going to go publicly with it about how mm-hmm. pissed off he right. was. <laughs> that just wasn't going to happen. The goat was going to show you. So come on, LeBron, put your big boy pants on and just go to work. You ain't got to tell the world how irritated you are um, or how underappreciated you feel is what it sounded like because he was, his complaint was that only 16 people thought that he was deserving of being the MVP. When you look at it statistically, how these people, these sports writers do, they're going to go with Giannis. It just is what it is. You can't take nothing away from that young blood. And he's on his way. He's going through the process. He just joined Michael Jordan and Akeem as the only to have MVP and defensive player of the year in the same season. He's on his way, man. He just got to find the right fit, whether that be the right GM in Milwaukee or the right organization that will take him where he well, needs to go. I just don't understand, man. These, every year in, in a lot of sports, we have these MVP you know, arguments, maybe except for baseball. I think baseball, they're pretty much on the numbers. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody has better numbers, they, you know, they get it. But in other sports, well, you know, so-and-so should win it every year. The the envy, the a regular season MVP award is about, it's just strictly about numbers. You know what I mean? It can become narrative if the numbers are close. But I hate this, this thing where it's like, well, you know, how does Matt Ryan win an MVP? Matt Ryan had an awesome season. Kyle Shanahan had that offense clicking on all cylinders, and Matt Ryan had an awesome season. That's not saying Matt Ryan is the best quarterback in the league. You know what I mean, talent wise. It's just saying that for that season, he performed. You know, the benefit of the best numbers, and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? I'm fine with right, that. Right, right. That's where that's where I appreciate the stats and the label of MVP because it brings some separation and some conclusion and clarity because the best is subjective. 
The best is so subjective. I think LeBron is the best player in the league. But as far as the MVP this year across the board, that was Giannis. Now, if you want to say uh, uh, most outstanding player like they used to have in the NCAA tournament, or if you want to say the best player in the league, then you give that an award. But they're not going to reward the best who accomplished the most. That was Giannis, hands down. I just don't understand. People get so upset. Well, they should do it after the playoffs. It's a regular season award. Just, I mean, it just is what it is. We're not saying, like you said, just because Giannis wins the MVP, LeBron still could be a better player than, than Giannis. But Giannis, go ahead. And, and I'll give you a right. classic example, okay? Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook was a triple, averaged a triple-double as an MVP. How does Russell Rook? How did Russell Westbrook look this past playoffs before he got to the right. bubble? He looked terrible. Even in his triple double MVP season, I would not have said he was better than LeBron James or mm-hmm. Kevin Durant at that time, or even a Steph Curry. He's not better than those guys. He was in a situation that caused him to have the league look at him across the board statistically as the best player night in night out. For 82 games. And there's nothing wrong. You know, and again, I don't know why people take that so personal. Like, you know what I mean? People just get so upset about these regular season awards. It's like, hey, maybe he did have a, you know, like he said, he put the numbers up. He had a narrative too. But just to act like it's just ridiculous that in that year, he again. could win an MVP. People look back on it like it's a joke. But I'm like, we're just looking at the numbers. Yes, LeBron is LeBron. Nobody's ever saying that Westbrook is better than LeBron as a player. But why we have why we need an award for that for anyway? Well, LeBron's the best of all, best player on the planet. So let's give him an award every year. Well, that make that would that would be stupid. But yeah, I agree with you. Okay, I just, that's just my view on this whole MVP thing. And it's just like there's no need there's no need to say his <laughs> name. But if the goat felt like he got snubbed, if Shaq felt like he got snubbed, if Kobe felt like he got snubbed. <laughs> LeBron. I mean, how many times? How many times? Okay, like you look at Brady, because like the year that Matt Ryan won MVP, Brady beat him in the Super Bowl, and I felt like he did it another time. Maybe he didn't, but when you get to a certain level, man, those guys. I mean, I understand LeBron wants MVPs. Believe me, I mean everybody wants their resume to look better. I get that. As long as he wins a ship, what does it matter? I don't. I, I, I don't know. That's just me, though. Um. That's that's another that's another debate, another argument, because that's a separation. I, I uh, another separation I, I point from the goal. I believe I understand, you know, I should give LeBron leeway because he's put in a situation where he has comparisons that other people don't have. So yeah, I get it. An MVP means a lot more to him, his legacy than it does for other people. I get it. So I, I need to stop. But at the same time, get the ring and worry about the rest of the stuff later. Get the ring. Because without the ring, all this other stuff don't matter. Um, because out of out of a pouting <laughs> spirit, a long time ago, he came out and said, even when he went, yeah, when he first went back to Cleveland, he said he's chasing a ghost from Chicago. <laughs> and even though he's in phenomenal shape and he could play another two or three years, I think he feels like his window may be closing. That's just my personal uh, It might be, because, I mean, honestly, how many full seasons is he going to play? Because he's going to get – I mean, he's already – he played he – didn't, he didn't load manage as much this season, but, it's, I mean, pretty soon he's going to have to. 
He's not going to play no 80 games. And I'm so not even, And I'm not even talking championship wise. I'm well, talking not, just, you know, MVP yeah, wise. He's got to catch him MVP. there. I don't think he's going to play enough games. <laughs> MVP's coming up so if he's trying to win championships. Man, I, I love right. I love LeBron's game on the court, you know, as a basketball player myself, but off the court, man, I love LeBron. He's such a bass manipulator. That's man, hilarious. He loves playing mind games. He loves trying to play. He got his game. fans going crazy, man. Because once once LeBron put it out, oh my goodness, got a fans. Yeah, LeBron getting done wrong. Oh I, know. I know, I know. It's just his nature, man. You got gotta appeal to your to your audience. It's all um Thank you for listening to the Mr. 314 Podcast Network, where our roster of experts deliver analysis and insight that cannot be found anywhere else. Thank you again for listening. Um, with, just quickly with the playoffs, with the bubble, the whole bubble, not just the whole bubble. Teams or players that you look at differently for one reason or another. You have any? Go ahead. You want me to start? You can go for it. I kind of yeah, already named Marcus Smart. You know, I got. I mean, I always knew he had it in him, but you calling out the second option on the team—that's big, bro. And it led to a win tonight. Do we know he didn't call? Oh, out go ahead. Tatum? He might have called out Tatum. I'm just saying that we just didn't. They didn't say it, but we don't know. He could have called out Tatum too. Who knows? Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say have, the negative yeah. side. I hate to start off negative, but is Paul George a number two on the championship team, and Siakam? Uh, is Siakam a three on a championship? Well, I guess he was a three on a championship team, but will he ever be more than a three? I think Siakam. I, I he came up small for a guy who just plays some big. I mean, he's been in playoff games. He's a champion. But it's a big playoff games. He came up kind of small against the Celtics. Looked like he was kind of limited offensively um, as far as creating his own shot. I ugh, I think Siakam's a three, and I don't think he'll be more than that. I know that's saying a lot. And then PG, I don't <laughs> PG might be a three, man. I don't think he's a Robin. I, I think he's a three. I think he has the talent to be more than that, but I'm not, and again, I know he had the depression and anxiety. I'm not trying to criticize him for any of that. You know what I mean? But he may not have the the, the makeup to be a, a, a top two option on the championship team. See, I can be all right. He he might have hit his ceiling. He's a he's a, you know. Here's the thing: last year he was most improved, and then that you know catapulted him. When Kawhi left, okay, now you're most improved, so we want to see what you got as a two. So we got our answer. I don't think he's right. a two either. He's a three. You know, because, you know, Lowry just needed a dog. That's all. And, and DeRozan wasn't the answer, so here comes Kawhi. Kawhi is a dog. He's not a leader. But Kawhi, but Kyle, yep. Kyle Lowry is a leader. So that balanced out real well. And then you had a third option that, you know, Draymond, a little older, a little slower, he couldn't quite handle. You know, Draymond can't get away with some of the stuff that he does guarding bigger people with someone who's bigger mm -hmm. and more athletic than him. So that's where, you know, Siakam kind of made his name last year. This year, not so much. He's got to get better. 
got to get that open jumper. Got to get confidence in that jumper. Um, I seen him turn the ball over a few times, so he still got to work on that ball handling too. When he first came to the league, all he could do was dunk. So he kind of reminds me of a player. Uh, yeah, I remember Kenyon Martin. Okay, so Kmart when he was at Cincinnati, that's all he yeah. could do was dunk his freshman year. By his senior year, if he hadn't have torn his ACL in the tournament, they would definitely won the championship. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, and then in the league, you know, even with that torn ACL, he still had a nice game in order to last multiple years into the league. So I say that to say that um, that's who Siakam really reminds me of. It's just a lot of growth that still needs to take place there. I think he, he's got the coach to help him put in the work. He's got the point guard to help him put in the work. But he ain't quite a second piece yet. I mm-hmm. agree with you 100% there. Oh, George, tell me you're <laughs> sitting down for this one. Because PG is a hot mess. All right. First off, PG, okay, you might need to pull up LeBron like he used to in the playoffs. Just go go uh, AWOL from social media. All right. You're on here talking to people, you know, going back and forth. You have to remember, everybody, when you're a superstar, your profile is going to be public. So people see this back and forth going on between you and Dame and whoever else. Of course, they're going to want to chime in and go at you. And here's the thing. If there's a way to block anybody else's profile except for who you're going at, (laughs) then that would be great. But, PG, you read the nonsense from the four-foot, a uh, 350 pound guy down the street who's picking up a basketball in his life. And then he gets his feelings hurt. And then before you know it, he's out of his game because he's listening to something that, you know, all the time. It may halfway be true, but you got to block that out and can't let that affect your game. And that's what happened. You know, why you think it ain't for people? Kawhi, you know, he seems a little, little, uh, not sensitive. He just seems a little a little touched. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Did I sound yeah. overly sensitive? But Kawhi's not on social media. He's not gonna let you get to him. It's that simple. Yeah, PG, I don't I... you know, he's a hot mess. You know, until he and, and like I say, I don't know what, what, what is missing there. I mean, is there any type of you know, I mean, I know he comes from a, a happy home. It's, he just needs somebody to just – and it, maybe it comes down to Doc Rivers. But, of course, he's a grown man. Somebody <laughs> just needs to just slap him. Say, look, man, stop. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's talking – you know, Charles Barkley says that all the time. I don't mean to sound like Chuck, but it is what it is. These people don't matter, okay? The only people cutting your check is the Clippers. <laughs> you know, if you want constructive criticism, go see a great. On how to block out and how to focus. <laughs> what were his comments? He said after the game. Well, first off, you already brought up the Dame stuff. That was just stupid. After game six against the Nuggets, he comes out and says they're in the driver's seat. I'm like, bro, what are, what are you talking about? I said, you in the back seat because Kawhi is driving. You in the back seat. Then after game seven, he says, well, this we knew this wasn't a championship or bust season. So you're telling me that this franchise gave away all of their their first round picks. They either gave the picks away or swapping into 2028, gave away SGA, who we can argue back and forth, but he, you know, he has a lot of talent, has a lot of upside, and Gallo. Who was a very big piece, a I very mean, big piece to what? I mean, honestly, this year. if you replace SGA with PG, maybe the Clippers are still playing, but you telling me that you get this franchise 
gave away their future. Essentially, this they gave away this decade to get you pretty much to get Kawhi too for two seasons. Remember, it's only two. They both can be free agents after next season. And it's not a championship or bust. APG was he 29, right? Is he 29? Bro, every, he's 29. every year. He's, he's, he's yeah, a clown is what he is. Every year, championship or oh bust. 29, 30, I mean, what is he talking about? So, he just, I don't know. Ahead. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I, I'm, not, you, I, I'm listening. I don't know I'm what else to say. I don't know what else to say. That's why I say I hope you sit down. Because APG's a special case. He's, he's a clown. I don't. You're not gonna win with that dude. That's, not being that's a number been two. Proven. That that that's in NBA, that's been proven, man. Him hitting that back, hitting the side of that backboard, that three pointer. He's never living that down. <laughs> Five years from now, we still gonna be talking about him hitting the side of that backboard. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that dude came out there looking like Flip from, from above the rim. <laughs> he hit the side of the backboard. Like Bernie Mac trying to play one on one. I love that whole game seven, man. That was awesome. Now, <laughs> now I, I, I can't. And it's all his fault. It's all his fault because, and you know, when he started losing his mental, it's all his fault because that was Pat Beverly making fun of Dane. And he no, jumped in like, no, <laughs> like and, a big and, Again, that, that goes to my next group of people that I think got thoroughly exposed. When you look at when you look at Pat Beverly, Montrez, and Lou Williams coming into the season, <laughs> we thought that this was the best support. You know, these are the best pieces you could put around a big two. You know what I mean? You know, Trez six me. You know, Lou Williams multiple times six man a year. Trez is a candidate for six man. Finally, won it this year. Pat Beverly, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. These dudes got exposed, man. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I know right, Trez right. had to go for his grandmother's funeral. He was he wasn't in shape. He got I understand that, you know, I understand that. But he was he was almost unplayable. I mean, at the end, they really shouldn't he shouldn't have been on the court. I don't know why Doc kept him putting him out there, but he was on the court. Lou Will, you everybody loves Lou Will. He's a scorer, but he was off. And when he's not scoring, what is he doing? If he's not scoring. And then Pat Bell, he's a clown. <laughs> I don't even have to say. And he gonna come out and say, he said, "Man, I was so mad." He said, "Um, what he's, he said, Jokic is like Luca. He he just flop. He flop all the time." I'm like, bro, are you serious? And this and this somebody look, look, look. Yeah, and that, then somebody that, put that, up that. a whole thread on Twitter of Pat Beverly flopping. Like twenty videos of him flopping. I'm like, man, get out of here. I just, I didn't like that Clippers team. I, everybody knows I'm a Mavericks fan. It was kind of before that. That didn't help. I didn't get into Marcus Morris yet, who at least did show up from time to time. Except that he he started that fight with Millsap in Game Five, which kind of changed the series around a little bit. Which I don't know why he even did that for. But okay, so. So we don't even need to really identify people that didn't really show us nothing or, you know, showed us a little something. We look at them differently. We can just name that as the Clippers, is what it sounds like. I just as I, a whole. I had to get that group. Okay. I'm sorry. So I had to get Steve, that group. Steve Ballmer, mm-hmm. their own billionaire owner, mm-hmm. Microsoft man, bought the forum. Mm-hmm. He's planning on blowing that up and then building his own arena. So here's the thing. Steve, go ahead and blow the team up, too. Start over fresh, bro. You ain't got a winner there. 
I'm talking. I'm talking at the top. You already they already demoted Doc Rivers. Smart move. Focus on coaching. So what? Go ahead and go ahead and let Doc, Doc got to go, man. Doc's a little overrated. Doc is missing Mr. <laughs> Thibodeau really, really bad. I didn't. I didn't know Thibodeau was the key, but I guess he, I guess he was. He's the key to the Celtics championship. The year mm-hmm. they beat LA, you know, he was the key. Now, I think they – just my personal opinion, of course, Laker, yep. Laker Nation is going to try to hang me. But if Perk don't go down, if Perk don't go down, what? I think they get number two. If KG doesn't if KG doesn't go down on that 09 season, I think That's they – I think Bill Simmons said the same you thing. You know. Bill Simmons said that Doc, Doc was the offensive coordinator. Thibodeau was the defensive coordinator. There really wasn't a head coach from what mm-hmm. I saw with that team. Because without Doc in Chicago, look at how offensively challenged they were under Thibodeau. But now defensively, oh my goodness, they're gonna lock it up. And I mean, you had Garnett so, there too. I mean, I think you I mean. you had you look at this Clippers team; they didn't have a Kevin Garnett. I mean, Pat Bev likes to talk, but I mean, you have to have they. If you look at it, if you look at when Doc won a title, and you look at Paul Pierce, you look at Kevin Garnett, you look at you know the top players on that team that are also vocal leaders as well, too. He doesn't have that right now. If you're going to talk, you got to back it up. All right, Pat Bev. And PG, <laughs> if you're going to chime in, and get depressed. I'm, I'm not going to laugh. I'm, I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh. I mean, hey, that's a part of human nature in life. You know, I've been depressed over the, you know, I mean, I had people make fun of me in school and I got depressed over it to a degree. Guess what? I just stopped listening he, he to those idiots. He did throw himself into it, too. So, so. Yeah, but you can't just keep going back and throwing your – you know, right. it's like a Jones session. You know, you get both. All right, I'm good. You got me. I'm done. You are not going to embarrass me anymore. And that's where PG just did no wrong <sighs> Yeah, so I – He just he's too cool school too, – too cool for school kind of guy. Um, You know, I, I love his game, but – between the ears, he just ain't got and, it. And, and, and that's the thing about <laughs> it, man. Like when you look at when you when we rank players and we look at, you know, okay, who's the number one, who's the number two? As talented as PG is, when you look go back, we we gonna start a new season. We start a new season whenever it happens. And we're all everybody's gonna be thinking, yeah, PG's nice, you know, I mean he's a great player, but we know when push comes to shove in the playoffs, what's gonna happen. So I just, you know, if so I, I can, look at him, I'm like, hey, but hey, if he after next season, hey, because free agent was coming to Dallas as a three, fine. I, I I like him in that role wherever as a three. That's cool great because I think it's less pressure on him, less stress. He could just he could just defend, he can hit open threes, and it'd be great for him. But to have him as your one or two, it's been proven that I don't think he's built for it. We're in a the bubble. There's no fans, there's no outside world. I guess there is online, but I'm just saying, like he still can't focus in in the contained environment. Think about that. That's 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 deep. If you put PG skill set inside of Jonas's heart and determination, yep, it's a wrap. Yep, it's a wrap. I mean, they almost same same you know height. Jonas is a little bulkier, but I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a wrap, you know. Yeah. He just ain't got it, you know. And this, Jonas got the mindset. He just got a few things to work on, you know. He needs to really sit down and go talk to some bigs about how to yeah. develop that eighteen footer that will make him. Yeah. Um. One more thing. 
I mean, you know what though? If you look at um if he had I mean if he talked to Kevin McHale, Dirk, if he can get his post game, you know, get a versatile post post game and kind of be able to you know what I mean, that that would help him out some. But like you said, the way that he's getting defended when the teams are building a wall, he needs to have some range. Not saying he's he has to be a knockdown three point shooter, but he has to have at least that Kevin Garnett. Like you see, you know what I mean, eighteen feet away. You know, he may he has to, he has to be able to hit that shot on a regular basis to open everything up. And then at that point in time, if he could do that, then the sky's the limit at that point. When you, when you get to the playoffs, exactly. we're not talking about when you get to the playoffs. Then, and the, and the, then it's a problem. Right, right, right. right. And, the big, and the big man is a thing of the past for right now, so he has the particular ability to bring it back. Don't think there aren't any big man greats who wouldn't be willing to sacrifice and work out with this brother, you know. I understand where he comes from. Like I say, you know, he's he, he, you know, growing up over there in Greece, it wasn't all about AAU, and you ain't got all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, that's what we do over here. So he, so he wants to, he wants to beat that. And hey, I take pride, and and I really appreciate that. But by the same token, he needs a little help to polish that game, so that way they can't just sag off and then you know make him form that wall, and either it's an offensive right. foul or it's a brick. Yep. Quick, quick question for you: Do you? Does he stay? Does he stay in Milwaukee after next season? I think he's going. I don't think he's forcing a trade. I think he's going to play out next season. I'm pretty confident in that. Are you? I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to force a trade this offseason. Do you? Or doing a season? I'm. I'm going to approach mm-hmm. it from a GM standpoint because they have given him everything he wants. They are willing to work with him, but and Giannis is an upfront kind of guy. It seems like he's not going to hold them hostage, like some people, like some people did in 2010. <laughs> so, I'm going to say this much: if I'm a GM by the start of this season, off the record, this does not need to hit the media. But Giannis, what are your plans? Point blank, we came out and publicly said we're willing to do whatever it takes you to win. If not, Jonas, what are your plans? So that way we can start preparing ahead of time. And that just be a conversation that take place between his two agents um, and the GMs. <sighs> These... Nobody has to know. It's Milwaukee, so it ain't like it's going to be big publicity or right. big press over it. Just, you know, what well, What are your plans, brother? And then they just move forward with that. And then if he gets traded, um, you know, in the off season, then you know what time it is. I wonder could it get so bad at the be- beginning of next season that he ends up like a trade deadline. I wonder could it get that bad there. I don't see it because they're a good regular season team. You know, I don't see them like you know to a bad start, yeah. but it could be interesting. If he's gonna get traded, now is right. the time to do it. Would be my opinion. Um, and with the assets that some of these teams have, like the Warriors, for example, they got the number two pick and they can throw everything for their future at you because all of their superstars are over 30 now. So why not go ahead and just throw everything at the Bucks front office for the future? Say here, you can have our future. If we can have Giannis for just, two, three years, yeah, you know, and see what happens with that. And then they create a big four and then have a few pieces around them like Damian Lee and everybody else and so forth. Huh. 
Well, you still got. I don't think Wiggins would even be a part of that because Wiggins' value is is terrible now. So you might be able to keep. Well, yeah, that. I mean, so Mike. so you would trade Draymond? Yeah, I trade one of them. You would have to for salary. Oh well, in that case, yeah, in that case, Wiggins has got it. Well, be one. I mean, uh, you just pay both. Yeah. Well, no, you just pay Draymond. You you assume yeah. what's the name's contract. Uh, Wiggins. You would have so. to trade one. I don't even know who Milwaukee. I, I don't know who Milwaukee would even want. Yeah, well, in that case, Wiggins is going. That case, and Wiggins is going back. Is going not going back, but he's going to uh, the Midwest. <laughs> Man, the Bucks in trouble. They're gonna have Wiggins and Middleton at the top. Ooh, I like Middleton, though. Don't get me wrong. I like Middleton. He shows some heart. Middleton, Middleton is not the problem in Milwaukee, and I know we're no. kind of getting off subject, but hey, I feel like talking. It's been a minute, but Middleton is not the problem there in Milwaukee. The problem. Is they their guards? Their guards are terrible. You already know why. They shouldn't have. They made a mistake. They shouldn't have gave Lasso that money, and then they used that as, a, as an excuse why they didn't pay Brockton. And every year, the last two years, let me stop. The last two years, Lasso has shown up small in the playoffs. And what has Lasso done to even prove himself as a starting guard in the league? Okay, he didn't start in Kentucky. He's six man in Kentucky. I don't. I don't. I, the Brogdon thing is a mistake. Is his agent? Oh, who is his agent? Does he work for Rich Paul or somebody? I mean, who, who is he with? Because he just, I mean, where did that contract come from? And Brog, Brogdon is bigger. <laughs> he is better. I don't, it's no better way to say it. That's the only thing you can say. Dude, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think Bledsoe, and again, I think Bill, somebody broke it down because I forgot how he Bledsoe got their contract too. I think last season he had a good first few months. And they're like, oh, well, let's lock him up. But my thing is, I'm not locking up Bledsoe until Brogdon gets locked up. Or, I'm, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not – You when you watch that series against the Heat, what did the – like you said, what did the what did the Bucks need? A point guard, a guy, a, a guard that could facilitate, create his own shot? You know, that's what they needed. That's what Brogdon brought to the table. So, I don't – go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Love him or hate him, you put Kyle Lowry on that team with Giannis, they go to the championship. True. They might take it. True. <laughs> I mean, I'm just True. saying. I mean, Bledsoe the same size. He he, he don't you know. With, with, with not he can't shoot. He first off, he can't shoot. He he's, he's uh, I don't I don't know. I I don't know why they gave Bledsoe that contract. I don't know if maybe they came to Brogdon first and whatever they offered, he didn't want, and they said, okay, well we'll give it to Bledsoe. And then we'll deal with Brogdon in the offseason. I don't know what happened with that, but that that's that was a mistake. I don't I don't like Bledsoe. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, if anybody who watched that series could, could tell you, like, yeah, they're getting nothing from Bledsoe. George Hill is a three point shooter off the bench, but he's not facilitating. You know what I mean? Like they need they need facilitators. And Wait, because Middleton's not a facilitator. George Hill. You know what I mean? Go ahead. I'm George Hill is just yeah. They got a bunch of one on one scores and they get cold. George Hill is just a nice guy, okay? I don't even know. How's he even still I, I think he didn't shoot like 50% from three this year. Outside I, think, I think he did do that. But outside, outside, outside of Popovich's recommendation, he's in the league because Popovich likes him. Okay? Well, you know, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Are <laughs> oh, you good? Pop was heartbroken that he had to trade him. But you see how quickly he got rid of exactly. his behind to get Because going to tell that same story about, oh, my God, it broke, broke my heart to give him George Hill to get Kawhi. He keeps telling that same story. That's why George Hill still has a job. So, yeah. 
Because you like yeah. it. Yeah, he likes it. But by the same time, he knew what time. I, I don't. You look at Middleton, he can get his own shot. He can hit tough, contested. I, I, I love Middleton, but he, he can't create for anybody else. Giannis, at this point in the playoffs, the way Giannis is defended, he he draws attention. But he's, I mean, he can facilitate a little bit, but that's not what he does. You know, Blesso's not, Blesso's not doing that. Uh, I mean, I like DiVincenzo. He's okay. But, uh, do you think Chris Paul ends up there in a possible way this offseason? Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. But I don't know, can he win with Chris Paul? Because I, I, I think Chris I, th- I think Chris Paul hit his ceiling um, against Golden State. Oh, yeah, when he got hurt. A couple years yeah. ago. I really oh, yeah. You know, because there's something about Chris Paul, and I'm glad he changed it. He went vegan this whole season. He's a better safe, know that. So but Chris Paul, I think he hit his ceiling a couple of years ago. And it's something about when he hits that gear, when he, when he sees it, his body don't live up to it. When he sees blood in the water or he sees winning in sight, you know, he went a hundred, he went a hundred at Golden. I mean, yeah, Golden State because he thought he could put him away. They see, you know, there goes a hammer. Yep. And all those years in LA. And, and that's the 34 years old. Right, that's at thirty. Well, that was what thirty-three years old. Now he's thirty-five. So Jonas has got a lot to weigh. I mean, if Chris Paul shows interest, all right. Do I really want to play? Is, is this going to be the equivalent of LeBron trying to play with D Wade in twenty fourteen? Exactly. Yeah, that's I what he's got. My thing is, if you bring in Chris Paul, especially if you don't win a title, then you're looking around. What is what is your roster now? You got Chris Paul. You had to empty the whatever you had to get him. So now. With that, you never Chris Paul, aging Chris Paul. You got Middleton there. You may lose like DiVincenzo in the trade. You may, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't, I don't know. Now there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with trying it for a year because he can he can just leave that way. At least okay, I got something. At least at least I can say Milwaukee can hang their heads as an yeah. organization say, hey, we tried. I think they'd have to do it if, if the opportunity's there. I think they would almost have to pull the trigger if it's there and it's within reason. You know what I mean? I think they would almost have to pull the trigger because if it comes out that they didn't and then they fold again, that's going to be bad. You know what I mean? So I don't, oh, I don't know. But yeah, Oklahoma City is ready to uh, rebuild. Yeah. So, I mean, why would you? I mean, actually, is this in last year? Paul's no, he contract? got I can't two remember. more years. And, He's getting like forty four wow. next. I mean, let me think. He's getting forty four in two years. He need to get like forty this coming season, and then forty four two years from now. I know that's that's, that's the thing. That's the yeah. thing with Chris Paul's contract. Like Westbrook is even worse than that. Now, I know Westbrook is younger, but Westbrook is declining quicker, and he got like three more years, like in a hundred some three. It's bad. Whatever it is, it's really bad. And that is the end of the first part of my discussion with Terrell. Thank you guys again for listening. Part two is going to be out very soon where we have more NBA talk, talk about the Bucks, what they need to do, will Giannis stay, and more. And then we'll also go into the NFL, 
talk about um, Mahomes versus Russell Wilson. Can the Chiefs be the next dynasty and more? So part two will be out soon. And don't forget, again, this podcast today was brought to you by Woodard Contracting. Uh, Woodard Contracting specializes in plumbing and mechanical. For more information, visit WoodardContractingLLC.com. Again, Woodard Contracting, that's W-O-O-D-A-R-D, ContractingLLC.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you on part two.